What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is... Imagine if I had that tone the whole fucking episode. You guys would be ready to blow your brains out, and I would not be able to uh, blame you because that would be painful. I never understood how people could just be that, like, kind of calm and monotone. Like, I'm not saying, like, overdo it, but you know the people that are just like, Hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, you know. It's like, fucking speak up, man. Anyways, okay, you're listening to Verzi Effect Podcast. Today is December 7th, everybody. It's Friday. I'm back on track. So um, this thing should be up hopefully tonight, if not, um, you know, early tomorrow. And um, I'm really trying to make sure that I'm, you know, just more and more consistent. And I think that has something to do with... uh, the podcast going well because somebody thinks it's coming out on the day it's coming out and it actually does that's great if they think it's coming out a day or two later or before it's fucked up so um and i've been good with it so i don't want to hear any shit all right uh you guys are listening to episode number 89 and uh i have a packed one for you i'm gonna do a movie review that's right i finally went to the theaters and saw something so i got a movie review for you guys we're gonna get into some um we're gonna talk some comedy. We're gonna talk some. We're gonna talk some sports. Uh, just a bunch of stuff. I got a new unacceptable for the week, so this should be a uh, this should be a good one. And I'm not as angry as the last one. I know for a bits of the last one, I I went a little Tupac, but you know certain things need to be said, and I had to say them. You know, and it's just how I felt. So, um, but no, we're gonna get right into this first. Uh, definitely have to plug the sponsor. The Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Butterfly Radio is a free app you could download on your iPhone, any iPhone which is a 4S or above. So if you got the new one, definitely download the Butterfly Radio app. It allows you to check out um, your favorite podcasts that are on Butterfly Radio, and it allows you to send an audio message to your favorite podcast. And uh, please send one to mine, and I will uh, respond to you. And um, you could also register on ButterflyRadio.com and get your own podcast. You put your own pictures up and, and talk about whatever. You could get multiple podcast channels on there. So definitely do that. Um, Butterfly Radio. It's the best, man. So download it and uh, send me some messages. And again, I will get right back um, right back to you. I'm actually really surprised at how many people still don't have iPhones or don't have a 4S. It's pretty... It's I'm, I'm like... Hey, it is what it is. But anyway, it's a great um, it's a great program. So get rid of your fucking droids, or your uh, you know this is really is a great app. So fucking throw your T-Mobile phone, whatever the fuck it is, in the river, and uh, hop on board. Okay, Butterfly Radio. Now, uh, first thing I want to uh, this has been like pod podcast week for me, by the way. I've been um, as you could tell, I'm feeling better. I'm definitely. The inhalers are, like, I'm almost done the inhalers, the antibiotics, like, I'm catching my breath and shit. I was a little worried, it got a little weird for a second. You know, you're just like, all right, this could be nothing or, you know, I have emphysema in my early 30s. Like, it was fucking weird for a second, but I'm doing better now and, you know, I'm such a fucking hypochondriac that, you know, shit bothers me with stuff like that. It's like, you just want to get better, you know? Fucking little kid, you you got a cold for like two hours. You feel you fucking run outside and make a snowman. You you're not coughing or nothing. You know you get older, shit lingers. But again, you're up till fucking five in the morning drinking. So never mind. Um, 
but I've been on some podcasts, been on some really good ones too. I was on uh, Dan St. Germain and um, Sean Donnelly's podcast. Shout out to those guys, man. Uh, really hilarious, good dudes, funny comics, and they do a podcast called My Dumb Friends. And I was on there, and I got to tell you, I had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun on the show. Um, it was one of those podcasts where like, you're genuinely laughing, and you're genuinely into what you're saying. Time went by quick. Um, there was a crazy lady involved who was actually on the podcast. You'll hear all about that. I, I can't even get into that. Uh, you guys probably wouldn't even fucking believe me, so you just, just listen to the show. And um, it was awesome told some stories on there and and we really really had a good time so check that out um it should be up in a in a in a couple of weeks but when you see the episode you know i'll i'll also post it but definitely check out the podcast and their other episodes it's called my dumb friends and it's with uh, comedian dan saint germain and sean donnelly uh good dudes funny dudes um then the next day i was on uh robert kelly's podcast uh you know what dude <laughs> Um, what is it? Uh, you know what, dude? Y K W D. That's right. You know what, dude? Podcast. And um, I know some older people are like, I don't get it. Like, you know what, what, Paul? What? No, that's the name of the podcast. And it's a great podcast. It's hilarious. I was on with, um, of course, co-host uh, Kelly Vestuka. I was on with... Um, Patrick Milligan from Cringe Humor, CH Entertainment, uh, owner of The Stand Comedy Club. We were there, and uh, we had a really good time on that. And um, I'm actually going to be on that podcast again, uh, the You Know What Dude podcast. I'm going to be on that on Monday again with uh, Big J Okerson and Dan Soder. So that should be uh, a good one as well. But, uh, yeah, it's been great podcast. And now here I am doing mine, which, let's be honest, this is the fucking one. I mean... Where this this the Verzi Effect podcast is coming like a fucking freight train. Like a freight train from hell with no brakes. Just fucking running through your towns, running through your countries. And I say countries, not lightly, folks. Oh yeah, we're being we're being listened to in Scotland. We're being listened to in Croatia. We're being listened to in London. Alright? Fucking I'm coming. I'm going to get one country at a time. I'm taking the fucking map over with this podcast like it's Monopoly. And listen, I may only have one or two listeners in every country in the world. But hey, I'm going to try to touch every country in the world. So if you got a friend in New Zealand or Australia, just send it over. I just need one or two loyal listeners in every to represent every everyone in the world. And I would be pretty happy. But what would suck is when I would go to that country, there'd be like two diehard fans in the audience. <laughs> the audience. Um, but no, uh, so let's get right into things here. Okay. Oh, by the way, um, awesome time I had uh, performing at Le- Levity Live this week. Um, I was on, I was I was off. It was, holy shit, man. Today's Wednesday. Today's Thursday. No, today's Friday. See, that's how fucking tired and out of it I am. I was actually on stage the other day, and I said, oh, man, you know, Friday night. And I just didn't know. I was so tired. They're like, no, it's Saturday. And I said, yeah, fuck you. I have kids. I think I said that before, but, yeah, that's how fucking tired I was. But, um, no, Wednesday night I was off, and the owners of Levity Live were cool enough to say, 
hey, Verzi, man, you want to come on? Um, Mark Norman, young comedian Mark Norman, he's a funny dude. Kid, he opens up for Amy Schumer. And I think he's done something on Comedy Central, like the John Oliver show or something. He's a funny up-and-coming comic, man. Really nice kid, really funny. And they were just like, hey, you want to hop on the show? And I'm like, yeah, I'm off, man. I'd love to, you know, get some stage time. And I got to tell you, man, it was an absolute great time. Um, had a blast there. A great crowd for a Wednesday night and um, good time. And then, you know, uh, Mark went on stage. And I got to tell you, man, I was watching this dude. And I was like, this is this guy's going to be really fucking funny, man. Really good. Had a great time there. So um, that was cool. And um, just working on some stuff, man. I'm just really working on some new stuff, trying to tell, you know, more and more stories. Um, one story that I actually told on the uh, my dumb friends podcast with Dan Saint Germain and Sean Donnelly was the was the me getting naked uh, in uh, in a hospital. And I'm trying to t- I'm telling that story on stage more. So just trying to get more of that shit in. But um, it's going well. So uh, that was a great time. And I got a plug about Levity Live at the end of the show when I do my plugs. So. Moving right along, a couple of things happened this week, um, so something that I saw today, people were tweeting about that I wanted to talk about, and you know, we'll just move this thing right along, and we're going to hit all the bullet points of the show, so uh, I was watch. I was, uh, you know, I was just, you know, watching the Twitter feed, and, and just watching what people were saying, what was going on, and I came across uh, something about Chris Rock saying stuff about young comedians, or comedians today. And you guys know, uh, I've talked about it many times, Chris Rock's one of my heroes, you know, and it was funny, like, so many people that I know in the business, you know, run, it was like, Chris Rock right now is running around New York City, and everybody's talking to him and everything, and for some reason, like, the one or two times I was going to meet him, I just didn't, and I'm sure I'm going to run into him soon, because he's he's hopping into all these clubs and stuff, but... Um, it was one of my heroes, and one of, you know, Eddie Murphy was one of my first ever heroes because I was like nine, ten years old when his stuff started coming out and I was just so intrigued by it. And then, um, you know, he kind of passed the baton to Chris Rock. And, um, you know, Chris Rock, I was actually, you know, a little more, you know, I was older, understood jokes more. And so he was like the next one. So as I was kind of, you know, understanding shit more, it it was Chris Rock. And Chris Rock apparently said, I think he told like the Chicago Tribune or something that comedians today aren't bringing the funny. You know, comedians today are more like situational, like, and, and a lot of times comedians today can't go into every room. And I got to tell you, it was really refreshing to hear a guy saying that. Now, Chris Rock's never seen me, and it was funny. Like, I would love for a guy like that to see me um, because I feel like a lot of times you're just like, man, like, that guy could never do that, that room. You know, that guy's funny, but that guy could never do that room. And that's when you really get down to the real shit about the business. You know, and there's a lot of people, you know, in comedy today that, um, you know, really are just for like one demographic and they're just for one type of crowd. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that at all. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you go to a certain room and these people come and see you, great. But a real comedian, and I'm just being real, this is just real talk, real shit that I'm saying. I think a real comedian, something that I'm aspiring to be, something that, that I've always wanted to be, was somebody that is funny in any room. Black, white, you know, I, I, I've i said this many times on this show and, and you know, something that, I, you know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, talk about it. I had too much to talk about on this show um, and I don't have a guest and I'm waiting uh, on some guests that I don't want to announce, but I'm sure you guys will be excited about it. Uh, and I also, you know, obviously want to do my, my journal thing. That's why I was going to do the journal thing now, but I just have too much going on on this show. So uh, I will get to that. But in the journal, when I do read it to you guys, it was when I was coming up in black rooms. 
you know, and I, I joke around about those are the eight mile days, but like it really was, you know, and you know, you make the urban crowd laugh, the black crowd laugh, you know, and you feel like, okay, and you don't want to get too involved in that because then it's like, then you kind of just tailor your set to one set, one demographic. You don't want to do that. So it was actually kind of refreshing to hear Chris Rock say that. Because he's absolutely right. And there are some comedians that even industry are giving the nod to and the green light to. But if that particular comedian went to every different type of room, it wouldn't be the same result. And what, that's what comedy should be. Funny is funny. It needs to be funny for everyone. Universally, everywhere. So uh, I'm sure a lot of comedians will be upset with Chris Rock. I'm not one of them at all. I'm actually somebody that is, I think that's refreshing, and I think that really basically says a guy like that who's seen it all and been around everybody would just, you know, can see that, and it was almost like, man, I just want to get in front of this guy one time, I want this guy to see me, and who knows, you know, there's always those moments where you perform in front of your heroes, and more and more, as I'm growing in the business and stuff, I definitely perform and see bigger names in rooms, and you're like, holy shit, you know, um, yeah, you know, years ago, I wouldn't have been on the lineups that I'm on now like that, you know, that lineup I did when I, I, I mentioned that I was with, it was like Artie Lang, then me, you know, Dane Cook, like Todd Barry, like it was just like fucking ridiculous. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's cool and it's humbling and all that, but like, I know there'll be a time where, you know, hopefully knock on wood, somebody like a Chris Rock or Chris Rock himself, somebody at that level is in the room when you're on stage and you always want to know what are they thinking or what are they, you know. But when he said that comedians today aren't bringing the funny, I don't think he was criticizing every comedian. I think he was basically saying that it's really kind of watered down and people are just like, in you know, funny in certain situations in certain crowds. And we always talk about that as comedians. It's like, can that guy who was funny in that fucking... You know, anything goes type of room. Can that guy leave that room and go and do? Well, I guess I guess the comparison would be, um, you know, go to London and be funny. Go perform in front of a black room like a, he's mentioned something at the Apollo. Um, you know, he also said something, though, that I don't know if it was true. I don't know if I agree with this. He said that Jerry Seinfeld... Could be funny in front of any crowd. I don't know about that. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if Jerry Seinfeld... Like, like, there's a part of me that thinks if Jerry Seinfeld went up with his shit at the Apollo, it would be really fucking ugly. I don't, I don't know. You know, I think, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's got some funny stuff. It's not my type of comedy. But um, I don't know if he would be funny anywhere. And that's, again, that's not to say that it's not a funny comedian. It's just, I think... That funny is fucking funny anywhere. And that's what any comedian who wants to be in the game for a long time should do. And uh, all Chris Rock was saying was, hey, you know, can... And I've said it too. Like, can that guy leave that situation and then go to this room in, you know, Harlem and be funny? And then leave that room and go to upstate New York with a bunch of fucking deer hunters and be funny? And then get on a plane and, you know, fly to, you know, fly to the middle of the country and be funny and go down south and fucking, like, that's, that's the thing. And, and I don't know. I think there's, you know, way too many of us. And I think that the ones that will, uh, and, and what I'm aspiring to be is, is to be universal and go everywhere. So it was really kind of cool and refreshing to, uh, to hear that. I just realized that I'm doing this podcast with the baby monitor on and my son is making noise. So I am going to uh, turn that down, but I'm not going to pause it. I'm going to actually make you guys have to wait a few seconds. Hear the footsteps. Hold up. Oh, shit.
That wasn't good. Damn it! I just fucking hit the... Ah, the microphone. Alright, I hope everybody can hear me. That sucked. Ah, fuck. Alright, I'm back. I As I was getting up, my leg hit the microphone cord. The microphone cord and the microphone itself smacked into the fucking chair I was sitting in. Motherfucker. Ah. It was going so smooth. Everything was... I, fuck. Alright, I'm going to get this thing right back on... Right back on course here. Right back on course. Look at this. By myself, no guest, just riding the train like the fucking professional that I am. You lucky pigs. No, but going back to the Chris Rock thing. Um, it's actually refreshing to hear a guy basically call out a generation and go, hey, fucking step your game up. That's basically what he's saying. Step your game up. And it does go to show you that it's, you know, the cream rises and there's like a few, it's like a handful of guys. I remember, I'm not going to mention names, but I remember some really good comedians telling me that of like out of every 10 comedians you see, like one is really good. And, um, you know, it's scary, but it's also true. And you just want to aspire to be like in that percentage. So good for Chris Rock. There were, there were comedians getting pissed at him. Yeah, well, it's different times, Chris Rock, and it's this and it's that. And, you know, it's not like Chris Rock's a really old man. He's not, I don't know, I think he's about to turn 50. So... You know, it's, it's, he's just saying what he sees. I mean, he's out in the clubs. It's not like he's, you know, I think people picture him like this old gray man just because they don't see him. And then they see him on a special, like, oh, yeah, he is relevant still. Of course he is. He's just not out a lot. But now that he's working another hour, he's out a lot. But he's not some old caveman now sitting there going, back in my day, guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. And I thought it was awesome. So you could Google that and check it out, what Chris Rock said. And, uh, you know, make, you know, Whatever, whatever your opinion is, let me know what you think, and um, we could talk about it on the next show if you have something to say or if you agree or disagree with what he said uh, or with or with what I'm saying. But I thought it was cool to him just be like, yeah, these guys got to step up their game. Like these guys are just doing it for like whatever little situation they're in. They're being funny, and that's not comedy. I love it, fucking love it. So, oh, and I want to thank everybody um, who, with the nice compliments and everything. Um, I, I was in an ad, uh, an article, I'm sorry, they wrote a, they did a piece on me in Westchester Magazine, which I didn't realize it was, it's actually a bigger magazine than I thought, like it's on like, it's on like Barnes and Noble and shit, like there's a lot of um, people seeing this, and they did a piece on six comedians who live in Westchester County, uh, I mentioned it before, and you know, like, people are, like my mom's getting phone calls from her friends, like my dad went to like, saw his barber, and his barber was like, hey, yeah, I saw your son, and think congratulations, and, like, it's it's kind of cool, so, um, everybody who, you know, with the kind words about it, thank you, um, if, uh, you're in Westchester and you want to read it, or you could go to westchestermagazine.com and read what they said, but it was just a cool article, but it's kind of cool to have your mom call you up and be like, I need a copy of that, people are calling me, um, so thank you for the support and all the kind words that are coming from the uh, Westchester Magazine. I put it up on my Facebook too, if you didn't see it. But they they did a piece on us, uh, us six, and and it was it was pretty cool. So um, all right, I want to get into talking this week. One thing that I wanted to talk about this week was fighting. Um, I'm not a fighter. Okay, I I have fought 
and I'll tell you the uh, the story. Um, like many of my interesting, crazy stories, uh, it involves alcohol. And, you know, it was a wild night. I'll tell you all about it. But for the most part, I don't fight. Like, I'm not a guy, but yeah, I'll kick your fucking... I'm not like that. You know, like, I think if it, if it gets that barbaric that early in the fucking argument, the guy is just an idiot. Like, you know those people that just go right there, you're like, yeah, really? Well, how about I kick your ass? And it's, 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 that guy doesn't have a brain in it. Like, he can't even sit there and talk to you about something and say, like, hey, man, let's work this out. Or, like, what happened? You know, but I, I was never, and if I do fight, I'll be honest with you, like, I, I would cheap shot fight. I'd be like, no, listen, dude, listen, I got no problem. Like, I put my hands up to show no threat, you know, shaking my head, you know, just being a nice guy and be like, listen, man, I got no problem. And then, like, right as, like, he, like, looks away or, like, realizes that I'm diffusing the situation, I would just fucking come back and just rock him in the fucking nose, just explode his face and then start hitting him and then talk shit like I intended to kick his ass the whole time. Like, that's where I'm at in my life right now. Fuck fighting. Like, I will, I will fucking hit you in the face with a brick and then turn around and run the other way. I will bitch you out, and then I'll be a bitch. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I got kids. I'm not trying to fight. And I'm just trying to think, like, you come across people, like, somebody listening to this podcast knows a dude in his, like, late 20s or 30s or even 40s, and if it's, like, 50s and 60s, then, like, they just need therapy. But somebody knows that older guy who still is like, yeah, you know what, we're going to go to the bar. Okay, and I'm telling you right now, if somebody fucking bumps into me, okay, even as an accident, I'm not in the mo- I'm going to crack someone's fucking face tonight, okay, fucking, I- I'm not bullshitting, okay, I'm in no fucking mood, like somebody knows that guy, and it's, it's, it's actually like the more I think about fighting, like the more I realize how it is hilarious that it gets to that act as a fucking like reasonable adult. You know, like there's a couple, here are the reasons to fight, okay? The reasons to fight would be, like I was at a Nick game once and my wife was five months pregnant with my son and they were shooting up t-shirts and some drunk ass Phoenix Suns fucking fan, like like the the, the t-shirt hit my hands and like he kind of like bumped in and like spilt beer and it went on my wife and he kind of bumped her and like made her sit down and I was so fucking furious. And the guy behind us was like, one guy was funny. It was the day that Obama got elected the first time. I was like, come on, guys, come on. We got a new president. He was joking. I think the guy was being sarcastic. But I was so fucking furious. And then the guy kind of tapped Stacy on the knee and winked and said sorry and all that stuff. Like, hey, you know, my bad. But, like, I still, like, that was that's a time to fucking fight. Like, I would have had every right to, but you don't see that she's fucking pregnant. And bl- I actually said that to him. And, like, we started arguing across from... It was just a mess. Like, Stacy and his girlfriend were in the middle of me and him. And I'm leaning over. And his friend shut the fuck up. Like, I was so livid. Like, it didn't matter how big the kid was. I was ready to fucking kill this guy. Like, that's a reason to fight. You disrespect my fucking family. I know how fucking dumb and mafia that sounds. But, like, if you disrespect my family or my, my children, you know... My, like, that's, that's a, like, that's a reason. You know... But if, if, you know, if you're waiting online somewhere and somebody's just a dick to you, like, that's ridiculous. There's no reason to fight. So we're going to talk about fighting for a little while here and how ridiculous and funny and hilarious that, that it can actually be, especially as, a, as a, a, an adult who actually comes to that point. Um, 
but I'll tell you the one fight, like legitimate fight I got into, okay? Um, my buddies that I went to high school with went to uh, uh, Plattsburgh, up by uh, Canada, Montreal, like right, like right up there. Plattsburgh's like one of the fucking highest points in New York. It was freezing up there. Shitty, awful campus. Like, I don't know why the fuck they went there, but it was a good party school or whatever. And I guess, they, you know, a couple of them pledged and was in a fraternity and all that. And I would visit because I was a year younger, so I was still in high school. And we would drive up there and we would visit them. And, you know, we'd go to their fraternity parties. So we're at the fraternity parties and I'm just fucking, I'm partying like, you know, you people, that, you know, didn't know me back then. But I was, when I was in like high school and college, I was a fucking animal. I was an animal. That's why I didn't do good in school. Like, not because I was an idiot, because I didn't give a shit. Okay? I cared about getting laid and fucking partying. That's what I did. I was a distracted asshole. Right? So, I'm going to this party, and I'm fucking doing shots, and I'm hanging out. I'm like, yeah, we're going to fucking do this, and we're going to hook up. Yeah, let's do shots. Who's ready? Like, all kinds of shit. Dancing around like a moron. And um, it was... Starting to like get late and everybody was going back to the dorms for like the after parties like you know Okay, yeah, I got I got beer at my thing. We'll get some beer, you know, we'll smoke some weed whatever like that so We're hanging out like it, w- it wasn't the end of the night It was kind of like like the third quarter if it was a football game It was like the the like the midway through the third quarter. So we're all hanging out and this kind of like fight and scuffle breaks out in the hallway of one of the dorms and I remember somebody I was with pulled a guy's shirt, this tall guy's shirt, and kind of ripped it all in the all in the struggle or like in the fight in the hallway. Okay, then everything gets moved outside, and it's like a fucking movie, right? There's all kinds of people just standing around, and there's there's like packs of people, and everyone's outside, and there the people are talking shit now. I saw who pulled the guy's shirt. I'm pretty sure, no, it wasn't me. I'm pretty sure it was a guy that I was with pulled this guy's shirt and ripped it. Now, my buddy, he, at the time, he had one of those, remember like in like the mid to late 90s when having like the pinstripe fucking hair down your chin, like wrap around, like the chin strap, but it was like a pinstripe was cool. Well, one of my buddies had that. He had like the, you know, just like went down like the, you know, the down his fucking jawline around. He was like the little fucking pin line or like, you know, the thin chin strap of hair. And we're outside and this dude goes, who the fuck ripped my shirt? <laughs> who ripped my shirt? And he looks at my friend and he goes, it was you. He was like, was, yeah, it was you. Yeah, my friend's like, no, whatever. My friend's like, you know, like ready to fight him and and everything. And he goes, yeah, how about I take a fucking razor blade out or a knife? I forgot what he said. He either said razor blade or knife or razor. I never forget this. He's like, how about I take out a razor and I fucking shave, shave that stupid fucking hair off your face or something. And I just fucking snapped. I just go, yeah. And I just kind of step in front of my friend. And I go, fuck you. I go, you want to fuck with him? You got to fuck with me first. Now, I'm not kidding around. This guy was no bullshit. Okay, this is I'm not bullshitting. This guy was about six one, six two, and I heard he was a twenty five year old freshman or twenty five year old sophomore. So this guy went to college late. Okay, this guy was older. Definitely, I, I'm again like this is late nineties, so I'm trying to get all the details perfect for you guys. But definitely, the dude was way taller than me. He's probably six one. I'm five eight. This dude was like six one, six two. 
And he was like 24, 25 year old sophomore. And I go, you want to fuck with him? And I just like stagger out, just all tough and shit, right? Totally talking shit. Wanted no part of a fight. And and I go, you got to go through me first. And he goes, yeah. And I shit you not, this dude runs at me, right? Like with the look of like the look of just the devil on his face. Like he runs at me like I don't give a fuck. Somebody ripped my shirt. And if it's you who's going to pay for it, it's you who's going to pay for it. And he runs at me. With the look of death. Like he wanted to deliver some fucking pain. And in my brain I just go. Oh shit. Like I was just like fuck. Like I genuinely was scared. Went into panic. All in one second I went from scared. To panic. To anger. To fuck it. Now it's do or die survival mode. And actually no. Anger anger didn't come out until later. So it was basically just like. Fear. Panic. And then survival mode. And I swear to you people, I'm not making this up, you know, I would tell you, oh shit, there was another fight, but I just got my ass kicked in that one, but I'll tell you about that one after. But this is, um, <laughs> this is crazy. So, as he's running to me, I know, like, we're about to be rolling on the ground fighting, and like, there's all these people outside, like, in this courtyard, outside this dorm, right? And I timed this dude's head coming at me, but he was tall, so I really needed to be sharp, and I shit you not, I cock back my right hand, like I stood there like ready to go and I just deliver this like I don't I could never duplicate this this like Mike Tyson right and it just drills this guy square in his face hard and he dropped like a sack of potatoes and like a movie everyone just goes oh shit and I dropped this motherfucker right and I'm just go and I'm just going I just, that's when all of a sudden now my cocky bullshit comes out because I was scared. I was a fake scared bitch at the beginning. But now that I laid this dude out in front of people, so I'm on top of him and I'm hitting him and he's trying to like roll me over and it got real close. He almost spun me over and got on top of me, which would have been really bad for me, but I never let him. And I'm grabbing, I remember he had like long blonde hair and I'm, I grabbed his long blonde hair and I just start drilling him in the fucking head and I tried to fucking, like I snapped. So I tried to fucking just drill him in the temple because I wanted to fucking like kill him. And I'm going, I'll fucking murder you. I'll fucking murder you. know the fuck? I'll fucking kill you. And like I just started beating this guy's fucking face in. Right? And then finally I just left him there. He was fucking laying there. Beat fucking beat. And my friend pulled me off. And I never forget my buddy. He pulled me off and he starts walking. He put his arm around me. And he goes, you know what just happened? You know, you just beat the shit out of that kid, right? And, like, I walked off like fucking King Kong. It was amazing. And then we went back to my buddy's dorm. And, like, I was, like, rolling weed, ready to smoke. And, like, people started knocking on my buddy's dorm. Like, hey, oh, my God, that was awesome. Like, these girls came in. Like, oh, my God, come here, sweet. I love you. Like, hugging me. It was amazing. It was amazing. And then, like, the next day, people said they saw that kid all fucking black and blued and fucked up. Going, man, I want to find that kid that did this. And it was me. And that was the only time, and I'm going to tell you, it was, I, I timed a punch. I'm not going to say I got lucky, because I timed, I mean, I, I went into survival mode, and I fought, and I did what I had to do, but it was not a good feeling. I did not want to fight. I was completely scared and out of my league when I fucking jumped in the way. As soon as he told, said, my friend, how about I take out a razor and shape, I just lost my shit, and I beat the shit out of the guy, and um, that was it. Now, there was another time in high school, there was another fight in high school. 
but it was stupid. It was us in a car. We drove to the mall. My buddy was drunk and wanted to start a fight, and he opened a window, and he, he got into it with this black guy who was out of the car, and I think he said something racist to the black guy, and the black guy punched him in the face through the car. I was in the middle. There were six of us. I was in the middle of the front, and my friend's head kind of bumped into me. My friend just gets out of the car and just starts taking on three or four of them. I get out of the car to defend my friend, and right as I get out of the car, somebody pulled a hood over my head, kneed me in the face, threw me against the car, and like beat the shit out of me. And then the next day, the rumor in school was that we all got out and beat these kids up, and I got out and I started fighting and like kicking and like helping my friend when I really didn't. I basically just took bodies off of him to get my ass kicked. <laughs> so I'll clear the air with that. Um, but th- that's really like I'm not a fighter. And, you know, you hear these people like, oh, man, fucking fight my whole life. I've been fighting every day after school. Like, I I didn't live like that. You know, I I like to make people laugh. I like to, you know, play ball. I like to just relax and enjoy myself. I'm not a fucking fighter at all. And there are people out there that, you know, like are just fucking born to do that shit. And it's I'm not one of them. So if you got any good stories or if you have any cool stories, um, especially this would be a perfect thing. You got five minutes for that butterfly radio. If you have an iPhone, please, I'd love to discuss it and get back at you and I'll give you an audio back or you can um, talk about it and I'll talk about it on a podcast. But if you have any kind of cool fighting stories um, and I want to hear from the guys that aren't fighters. You know, like I don't want a bunch of fucking like MMA or UFC fighters going, well, then uh, Tuesday on the subway, I beat the fuck out of this guy. And then, you know, Wednesday I was working out at the gym. This guy looked at me wrong. So I wrapped his head around the fucking treadmill. You know, Thursday I threw, uh, you know, my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend through a window. Like I don't want to fucking talk to that guy. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, Friday we go to the club. We always kick somebody's ass in the bathroom. So, you know, it's pretty much a weekly. I don't want to talk to that guy. I want to talk to the guy who was like, yeah, 1987. I fucking hit a guy in the legs with a bat and I ran for my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's who I want to hear from. I want to hear from that. I don't want to hear from the guy. Yeah, guys, fucking guy looked at me. I fucking hit him in the face. I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear from the fucking guy who doesn't like to fight but had to and either got his ass kicked or was able to pull off a miracle like I pulled off. Um, Because fighting is just so silly. Especially if you got kids and you're married and shit. You know? And like, and and I'm stupid like, because if if I'm drinking, and let's be honest, this shit comes from drinking. I think two sober, like rational sober people, it wouldn't go to that. Like, how many less fights would be at stadiums? Even if somebody had the opposing team's jersey on, how many less fights at stadiums would there be if there wasn't alcohol? That's that's really what it comes down to. Because you could at least be, like, respectful. You could joke, but the drinking just takes it to a whole other, to, to a whole other side. With everything. You know? Like, and, and that's, that, that's my position with a lot of things. That's my, posi- that's my position with weapons. Guns, I know a lot of people don't like to fucking, you know, hear that or people have a, you know. And shame on Bob Costas, by the way. I don't mean, I don't want to go off on some gun thing here, but shame on Bob Costas. And I think he, like, retract what he said. But when that guy, um, Javon Belcher, killed his wife, uh, killed his girlfriend and then himself on the Chiefs, to sit there and blame the fucking, to, to blame a gun. And whether your position is gun control or not, to do that, like, for a football thing and, like, use that as your platform to do it, it it's, it's really uncalled for. And then he kind of, like, I guess he backed off of it. Or, like, I mean, he might have, I don't know if he apologized, but I think he backed off of it. But that's just ridiculous. Ridiculous, you know. 
Call the fucking game, shorty. Or, or talk about whatever the fuck you're going to talk about with your fucking hairpiece and do all that shit. But nobody gives a fuck what you're saying. It's silly. You know? If you give a fucking crazy person or a drunk person a weapon and shit hits the fan, you know, chances are shit's going to go bad. But uh, there's many, many logical, fucking smart, down-to-earth people who fucking have guns and, and or, or any kind of weapon. And they say, hey, wait a minute. If I do this, I'll go to fucking jail. I don't want to kill somebody. Nobody ever talks about that. So, and I think it's the same thing. So I'm not going to get on a whole thing like that. Whatever. That's that's a fucking story for another podcast. But, um, or an argument, I should say. But, um, yeah, fighting. Just because, you know, you just see, you see people yelling and arguing. You ask yourself, like, what did it take to get to that moment? What did it take for two grown adults to just get to the point where they just had to stop talking, got to start hitting each other? It's fucking hilarious, isn't it? I find it really funny that you can go, like, have a little buzz, walk into a pizzeria with a little buzz to just grab a fucking Diet Coke and a slice, and the next thing you know, you and some fucking dude are standing, like, in front of the, the fucking ovens, screaming at each other about something so ridiculous, and it's ready to fight, and, 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 and somebody gets arrested or fucking hurt. That's really funny in a sad fucking stupid way. So let me know. Let me know about any of your fighting stories. Um, all right, moving on, moving on from that, um, oh, speaking of fights, this is actually a perfect segue, and I didn't even plan it, it's just, this is just a show, flowing, episode 89, here we go, my son is dealing, my son dealt with something, uh, that I didn't think he was gonna deal with until, you know, later on in his life, everybody deals with this, my son dealt with it, and, uh, it, it really shows, how smart women are when it comes to like sensing stuff, emotional shit, just just sensing shit. Women are smarter in, in, in that regard. Um, and I truly believe that. A year or so ago, I would go to, uh, you know, my son's daycare. My son goes to daycare here in Westchester. And I pick him up. And um, one time I picked him up. And I'm not going to mention the kid's name just in case their fucking parents know me or whatever, like comedy. Um, <laughs> but there's a kid there. That my wife goes, yeah, I don't, something's wrong with, something's off with that kid. I don't like that kid. That kid's bad news. I might have mentioned this before, like a while back. She's like, yeah, that, that kid's bad news. And I go, Stace, I mean, he's bad news. He's fucking two and a half. You know, like, what, like, what, what could, it, what's his rap sheet? Fucking throwing crayons against the wall? Like, what did, what did he do? Well, how do you know he's bad? Like, what the fuck? She's like, no, no. I'm telling you, something's off with this kid. Some this kid's bad news. He's trouble. He's trouble. I know he's trouble. So I laugh it off. And I'm ready to write a joke about it because the kid's two and a half years old. What what can he possibly? What can possibly be wrong with this kid? So now fast forward to present day, and my son, who is the fucking best man. Like, and I'm not just saying that. My son is insanely smart. He's a sweetheart. Like, his teachers love him. I had his teachers going. Like, I go to school for this kid. Like, I loved your son. He's just respectful. His manners. I, I'm, you know, and and yeah, you know what? You could say, oh, you're being a biased dad. Whatever. My son is is the shit, and he's a good little boy, and he's really smart, and he he really you know understands concepts. And he was just upset the other day. And I don't like seeing my son upset. Of course, no father wants to see his son upset. And I was like, well, what's wrong? He's like, ah, you know what? I'm just, I'm, he kind of just had this thing like he didn't want to go to school. So I'm like, well, why don't you want to go to school? And he said, well, because this particular little boy keeps hitting everybody in the class. 
And I said, well, who's hitting? He says, well, he hits this one. He's telling me the names. He hits this one and he hits that one and he, he pushes this one and like we all don't like it. And he, and, he, and he makes some of us cry and he does this and he does that. So I got, I was like, you got to tell me like the truth. Like, you know, like we're teaching him like you can't lie or fib about anything. Like, like you got to tell us what's the deal. So I said, tell me what the deal is. So he tells me what the deal is. And I go, all right, look, this is not going to happen anymore. So we sit down and we talk and like, I go, it was so cool. I go, all right, here's the deal. And this is what you're going to do. And I said, this is what you're going to, this is what I'm going to tell your mother. And this is what I'm going to tell your teacher. And I was going to, you know, talk to Stace when Stace got home from work. So I said, here's the deal, okay? The next time this dude hits you, here's what you're going to do. You're going to tell him, look, don't hit me again. And I'm warning you now, if you do hit me again, I'm going to hit you back really hard, okay? So my son, like, perks up. It was fucking awesome. Like, it was, it was him and my son's bigger than the kid my son will fuck this like if if my son swung at this kid i know it sounds hilarious talking about you know like a three and a half year old and a three like and a three year old or a three and a half year old like going at it but i'm telling you right now like my son's hands are big and shit like if my son would fucking just drill this bitch right so i go i'm gonna tell your teacher i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell mommy so my my, my son goes all right daddy okay so so don't don't forget to remind me tomorrow because I don't want to forget this. I want to know this so if this happens, I remember it. And if you don't tell me tomorrow, I don't want to forget it, okay? And I'm laughing and I'm like, yeah. I said, listen, I'm here for you. And it was just amazing, like, the thing. Like, I don't even want to get into how, like, emotional. Like, he didn't know that I got, but, he, like, we had this moment, this father-son moment where he said, so I said something to him and then he said something back to me, which was just an amazing connection between a father and a son. That I, I, you know, I don't even need to get into. It's too personal, but it was amazing. But other than that, I will tell you that, you know, I, I said to him, that's what you're going to do. And he went over it. And the funny thing was, he goes, okay, so if he does it again, I'm going to tell him, don't do it again, or I'm going to hit you really hard. And he said really hard, which was so funny to me. And he felt good. Like, he perked up. Like, okay, I have an option. Like, I don't have to take this shit. And, I, and like, yeah, like, nobody in the class has to take it. Like, it needs to be known that nobody's going to take it. So my wife comes in like 10 minutes later, and I was like, look, we got to have a meeting. I told Lucas something, and my wife's like, oh, shit, what'd you tell him? So I said, look, I told him that if this little boy hits him again, he is to do the following. He is to tell him, look, I don't like when you hit me, and I'm warning you that if you hit me again, I'm going to hit you back really hard. So my wife was like, wait a minute, Paul, wait a minute. And like, I was kind of firm on this. I was like, whoa, 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 look, you know, you're his mother, I'm, you know, we're, we're together on all this, but this is something, this is, he's doing this. And my wife was cool. My wife agreed. My wife was like, yeah, you know what? Like, you know, absolutely. But let's just talk about it. Like, we got to let him know that it's not okay to hit people. I said, no, no, we talked about it. And he knows it's not okay to hit people, Lucas. You can't do that. But you're also not going to sit there and take it and, and just keep getting hit. So I dropped my son off at of school. I see his teacher coming in. I said, hey, you know, can I talk to you for a second? And I said, look, I said, I just want to let you know, Lucas was upset about school. He was saying that, you know, him and some of the other kids were kind of like, you know, like this kid was getting away with just like pushing and doing things and throwing stuff and doing it. it as making these kids not happy, 
making him cry, making him, making him upset. And you, and I was like, and you know, my son doesn't get upset. And I was like, so I just want to let you know. And I was like, and I don't want you to think I'm a crazy father, which she probably thought right when I said that, but no, she was really cool about it. I said, I don't want you to think I'm one of those crazy fathers, but I just want you to know that I told my son to warn this kid that if you hit me again, and I was even letting my son get hit one of the time, which I didn't want to do. Like, I didn't say, hey, as soon as he hits you, you hit him. You know, I said, I wanted to teach you that hitting is not good, but, okay, if this little motherfucker hits you again, you're going to say to him, look, I'm, you know what, that, that was it, because if it happens again, you're getting blasted, and I told the teacher I said that, and the teacher was like, you know something, I agree, absolutely, I'll talk to them, so... Uh, my son came home from, you know, came home today and he was, <laughs> he was just like, yeah, nobody did anything, this and that, you know, so he was all happy and stuff. And the funny thing is if my son, like this kid is like half my son's size and it's just all that, like this kid's never told no, or he just keeps, he just, somebody said something like kids like that are either going to be in jail or like really smart and independent, like the kids that just don't listen. But either way, I guess the point of the story is if, if your kids go, you know, it, it starts now. And that's one thing we were talking about on Robert Kelly's podcast was it does start now. Like the bully needs, because like you go to grade school and you can't think, oh, well, it was okay. I took it in fucking preschool or kindergarten. So now that I'm in first, second grade, I'll take it. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, that's who you become in high school. Like you can't have that shit. You know, and I'm not good. I'm not good with like bullying people. And even though I joke about it in my act, I really did stick up for like the kids who got picked on sometimes. Like I wasn't afraid of the fucking bully. You know what I mean? Because, like, you got to let them know. And what the bullies do is they prey on the people who allow it and, and, and are afraid. But it, it's the same thing. Like, you, you, if you go to jail and you worry about people kicking your ass, somebody comes up to you, beat the fuck out of them the first time. Not that, I, not that I'm fucking, I've been to jail, but you know what I'm saying. Fuck off. Okay. So that's, that's what's going on. That, that's what went on. But I got to get to a lot more stuff here. We're already at 45 minutes. But I hope you're enjoying the stories. And again, if you like like I said, anything that I'm talking about on here, if you want to talk about the fights or if, you, if you're going through something um, with the bullying and stuff, that stuff really interests me. And I think I have a lot of good ideas with getting around that shit. So I'd like to uh, to hear about it and, you know, and, and just see, what, you know, what people do and how people deal with it. Because I am not kidding when I say this, okay? Like, my son will not be fucked with. My kids will not be fucked with. Okay, like I went through enough shit in my life with my mother moving me all the time and getting popular and making friends and, you know, ready to play ball and do all the things that I love to do and feeling really good and comfortable in my situation and then being fucking yanked from it and going somewhere else and feeling like shit and have to build it up again. And I'm not going to fucking let my kids go through anything that's uncomfortable for them while while I'm fucking around and I'm that's just not gonna fucking happen and like I'm really like I know people are like people laugh when I say this shit like I'm really not fucking kidding around like and I know it sounds crazy but like that dude in Florida who got on the bus for his daughter and freaked those kids out and that was the amazing that was one of the most amazing things and then he was on saying his daughter never got fucked with again like that's what you do I'm serious like that's what you do and these people going no no you let them fight for themselves you you absolutely do and that's exactly what I'm trying to promote here. But at the same time, like if shit gets out of hand, and I don't like this. Oh, well, you know, we, we went to the teacher, but what could we do? We went to the parents. Fuck that. You fucking grab a sixth grader by the collar and you take him behind a fucking tree in the woods and you fucking put the fear of God in him. That's what I would do. Seriously, dude, if a fucking 13 or 14 year old kid just like kept bothering my kid, 
Why am I getting mad? You know what's funny? This is a hypothetical from a, for, for like a decade from now, if it even like happened. But I'm serious. Like I would take a 13-year-old dude. I would grab him by his fucking collar. Whatever. What am I going to do? I don't have a fucking, I don't have a criminal record. Am I going to do 30 days in jail? Fine. 30 days in jail of being the best dad ever? Fuck you. I'll take that in a second. Get out in like two weeks because of good behavior? Yeah, what'd you do? I took some little, I took your fucking punk son in the fucking woods. I was ready to kill him. You just grab him by the collar, you take him like somewhere off, and you just look him in the eyes, and you just make him piss himself. Just make him, make him, make him think there is a slight chance he's not leaving those woods. Oh, that's how, don't you feel good hearing that? Like, doesn't that feel amazing to hear? That, that's what it should be. That's what life should be right there. That's what it should be. That's justice. You fucking take an evil person and you put the fucking fear of God in them. That's what I would do. All right. I just got completely and unacceptably enraged for something that's not even a reality. All right. Uh, here we go. I saw a movie, guys. This is turning into the violent theme podcast, and this movie uh, is no exception to violence because um, I went to the movie theater after I performed at Levity Live, and I saw Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt, James Gandolfini, Ray Liotta, and another cast of characters whom did an excellent job, by the way. But, oh man. I got to say, this was Brad Pitt's movie, and, you know, I had low expectations, which I often do, especially with a title like that, like Killing Them Softly, it was a name of a song, and, you know, and then Dave Chappelle named his hour special that, and, you know, and then I saw the name, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be some fucking cheesy, stupid, not the case. Thoroughly from top to bottom, enjoyed it. Didn't want it to be over. The time went fast. Brad Pitt did a phenomenal job, and it was one of the some of the best cinematography I've ever seen. It was somebody compared it and said, "Was it kind of like?" I said this to I, I was talking to uh, my manager, and we were talking, and I said, "Man, I said like the cinematography and some like violent scenes." with like slow motion and like things moving in front of the camera and stuff. And he said something. He goes, was it kind of like the elevator scene in the movie Drive? And that was a really good comparison, but this was even better. A buddy of mine who I went to the movie with, I went with my brother and I went with another comedian, Chris Lambert, who was a guest on the show. Um, and he said something. He said it was one of like the most elegant, it was like violence done in the most elegant way ever. And that's a really great way to put it. It really was. It was like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe. Basically, the movie goes where there's a card game. There's like a, like a high stakes poker game, I guess like weekly, that um, Ray Liotta has been running for years. And these kind of low end criminals need to make some money and they kind of come up with a, pl a plan where they think if they rob the card game somebody else will be blamed for it and there's a reason behind that but I don't want to give the part I don't want to give the movie away so um that takes place and then whatever then you know it's a domino effect however th this shit happens I don't want to get into it but excellent acting Awesome, just awesome dialogue. Like the, the you could like the. I, I thought the script was great, um, violent, but but just realistic. That's the word that we all took from it. 
Like, I remember we left the theater and we were like, how realistic was it? Like, if you and your fucking drug addict buddy or some fucking idiot that you were friends with really did plan to go rob a card game and you guys literally opened the door with guns and, you know, whatever you had on your head, stockings or ski masks, the reaction of the people you were robbing and how you would go about it, this was exactly the way it would be. It was, it was almost, it was so realistic. And then talking about what happened after the event was realistic. And the planning the event was how it would really go. It was one of the best. It was really, really done well. And the scenes were great. And it was just a no bullshit in your face. This is what happened. This is what's going to happen because that happened. This is how it's going to happen. And boom, it was just awesome. I loved it. I loved it. This movie is for you if you like different camera shots, cinematography done in a very different type of way, if you like violence, if you like the whole, you know, um, revenge, um, you know, paying for what you did type of shit. If you like that stuff, which I love, I mean, everything I just described is right up my alley. I mean, I just basically told you that I'd like to take a 13-year-old in the woods and put the fear of God in him if he fucked up my son, and I'd do 30 days in jail for it. So I think I like these type of movies. But this was definitely a movie that you can, I don't know, you can, you're not worried about is this almost over, is this lagging, you know, not like that bullshit flight where the guy's just sitting in a farm drinking and then like worrying about what's fucking stupid. Um, this was, this was awesome. So I highly recommend it. To be honest with you, the cinematography was so good and different in this. Um, and I liked it and enjoyed the movie and it went so fast. And another great thing about it, it's not a long movie. It's just a no bullshit in your face movie. I'd go see it again in the theaters with somebody that likes movies like that, just because I want to see what else I could take from it. So killing them softly, man, I gave it the stamp of approval. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it like the way the way that I did. I, I think Brad Pitt did a fantastic job. He he really did. He plays like an enforcer. You know, he plays like the guy that like can't allow shit to happen, like can't allow people to get away with shit. Um, but he does it in a very smart, calculated way, and his acting in it is awesome. So, yeah. Killing them softly. I don't. I think right now with that, with not a lot of good movies out right now, I think you'll get your whatever ten fifty or eleven fifty worth. So there you go. Go get your popcorn and go get your candy and your and your drink. Go sit down and and watch that movie. And uh, you will not like this movie. You will not like this movie if you don't like violence. If you don't like blood and you don't like guns and you don't like bad language, and it, this is not the movie for you. <laughs> you know, if if you know if if you, all you do is go see like Toy Story and Madagascar and Finding Nemo and oh Brad Pitt's in this he's usually good and stuff no that's not this is not what you want to go see trust me there there was a couple of scenes that were I'll, I'll I'll even go this far I'll even tell you this much one of the hardest scenes that I've ever had to watch in a movie was in Casino when Pesci and his brother got beaten to death and buried alive and thrown in the desert and like buried alive with the sand and shit going in their mouth and crying for his brother while he was watching his brother get beat to death and shit. That was one of the hardest things. I'm not going to say the scene in Killing Them Softly was that brutal, but there is a scene in Killing Them Softly which is really, really hard to watch. 
Like, I don't give a shit how tough you are. Like, a big-ass, tough, grown-ass man who does all the fighting that I talked about at the beginning of this podcast would definitely still be like, wow. Like, it was fucking... It was fucking nuts, man. There was a couple of scenes where you're like, holy shit. That is crazy. And I loved it. I loved it. I got out. out, And, you know, when you go to the movies with somebody, there's that funny moment where you don't know if you're going to say you liked it or not in the theater when you stand up, (laughs) you know? Like, some people go right for the kill. Like, as soon as the credits go, they lean over and they go, that sucked. Or they go, "Uh, oh, I loved it. I kind of have to process what I just saw, and then I get out, and, you know, as you're walking out, you go, do you like it? But I remember, like, three-quarters of the way, I leaned over to my brother, and I go, this is good, man. I like this. And he's like, yeah. And, like, we kind of understood. So, um, but when we got up and we walked out, everybody was pretty much like, yeah, this was a, this was definitely a good one. This passed the time the right way. So, there you go. There you go. There's a no bullshit, honest review. If you didn't like it, let me. If you didn't like it and you like movies like that and you didn't like it, you stink. It's you, not me. Okay, we're going to get to sports now. Oh, no, before sports, unacceptable for the week. Okay, and I have to thank my mother-in-law for this because I had a crazy week. I had to drive out to Brooklyn and do a podcast, and then I had to drive upstate from Brooklyn to pick up my son. Then I had to drive back down home to Westchester, and then I had to drive to Rockland to perform. I had a crazy, crazy day on Wednesday. And my mother-in-law, she eased the blow for me, and she took my daughter while I went to Brooklyn to do this podcast. And I had to go to Jersey to drop my daughter off. That's where my mother-in-law works. So I was in Brooklyn, Jersey, upstate New York, back to Westchester and Rockland all on Wednesday. And it like all worked out right when I got to the club at 8 o'clock at night. Okay? So when I go to Jersey, there's no traffic and I'm feeling good. And I get to the George Washington Bridge. Unacceptable for the week. The George Washington Bridge toll went up to $13 a pop. Now listen, I don't give a shit. Okay, I'm not cheap. I don't give a fuck. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. Okay, the fact that this thing keeps getting jacked up is unacceptable. I remember when it was five fifty, six dollars, and then it just kept going. You know, and then it went to like it, the fact that you got to go over a bridge and pay thirteen dollars to get in that shitty state is awful, unacceptable for the week. That's unacceptable forever, but that's my unacceptable for the podcast for episode 89. The George Washington Bridge being $13. Unacceptable. Because then where does it go from there? They, you know what the crazy thing about it is? They can't stop it. Like, you, they can't, you can't stop it. You can't stop it. They could just go, ah, you know what? Yeah, today, sorry, I just got jacked up yesterday. You got 20 bucks, and then what? Then you're sitting there with $13, and you, you can't even get over the fucking bridge to get somebody. It's ridiculous. Unacceptable. It's never going to end. And they're always doing construction on it. So it's not like you have a nice easy passageway over the bridge. It's, it's never that. It's always like, you know, a merge at 3 o'clock in the morning because they've been working on the damn thing for so long and they're doing this and they're doing that. So not only do you have to sit there and act like you're not pissed off when the toll person sees your face or even the easy pass. But the worst was I didn't have the easy pass because my wife had the easy pass and my easy pass, they're sending me a new one. So I couldn't even at least, I had to actually look at somebody like working and saying, hi, how you doing? While I'm handing them $13 
And you know what the funny thing is? I gave him a 20, and they gave me change back, and I said, thank you, like a nice guy. I actually said to the lady at the toll, though, I go, man, this is $13. And she just goes, yep, it just went up. I want it to be like, fuck you. Even though it has nothing to do with her. It's ridiculous. Unacceptable for the week. The G-dub, $13. Okay, guys. Wow, got to an hour. Just like that. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Hope I'm making your ride and all that better. Holiday time. Driving in the cold with the heat on. Listening to me talk shit about fights and violent movies and all that. I'm, I'm hoping you're enjoying it. Okay, we're at an hour. I have to talk about this. <sighs> the New York Knicks are scaring my heart, people. They're scaring me. And here's why. I have not seen a Knicks team like this in a very long time. The last time I saw a Knicks team like this, they went to the finals in 99. Magic Johnson was on Mike and Mike in the morning. And he's going, you know something? I saw it on paper, and I'm saying it again. This New York Knicks team is for real. And he's saying, not only do I think they can compete with the Miami Heat, but I think this team can make a legitimate, I'm going to repeat this, a legitimate championship run this year. And I'm saying, don't do it to me, Magic. Don't do this to my heart. I would sign off on the Yankees and New York Giants not winning for another decade if the Knicks can win a championship. That's how bad I want to see it, okay? And they beat the Miami Heat again after a road game the night before in Charlotte and winning at a buzzer beater. Carmelo Anthony splits his finger, gets six stitches, and could shoot the ball lightly, I mean shoot the ball, but can't catch the ball. So he's out of the game in Miami. So you're thinking, okay, the Knicks are 13-4. and four. They just won uh, their fourth game in a row on the road in Charlotte when the Heat were off. And now they have to go to Miami. Miami's got rest. And we don't have Carmelo Anthony. And the Heat are at full strength. We're probably going to lose. I remember listening to Stephen A. Smith on ESPN. Go, yeah, the Knicks are probably going to lose by 15. The Knicks go in there without the mellowless Knicks go in there. And they beat them by 20 again. Without Melo. So we beat him in the Garden the first week of the season. And then we beat him last night after no rest, back-to-back road games without our star player. Guys, I'm getting scared. I'm thrilled. I'm happy. I th- and like I said before, I, I thought that they, I thought that they, and I'm not trying to be a dick, but I thought that they ran out of gas. I thought that, you know, they just tensed up, and, and I don't know if they ran out of gas, but they tensed up against Brooklyn. Brooklyn went on an 11-2 run in the last couple of minutes. They could have beat Brooklyn. And then there was another game. Uh, you know, they got their asses kicked the day after Thanksgiving by the by the Rockets, and then there was another loss to the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are good. I really think, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to be nitpicky. I'm happy. They're 14-4. and four. This is the first time I've seen the Knicks 10 games over 500 in December, and I can't even fucking remember how long it's been that, it's been that bad. And I think they very well could be 16-2 and two with everything that's gone on. Um, and I'm just, I just can't get my heart broken again. I can't. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to treat this like a like a crazy girlfriend who's being cool for a couple of weeks and you're just waiting. You know, you're just waiting for this bitch to lose her shit, man. She's it's coming. You know it's coming. Like so you're going to leave the toilet seat like like something is going to happen. You're going to you're going to 
something. You're going to eat something that was in the fridge that was hers and she snaps. Like something is going to happen. I don't know though. Maybe that's just, but listening to Magic say what he said today. I mean, look, you're almost a quarter, we're almost a quarter of the season. The season is 82 games. So we're almost a quarter of the way done and the Knicks are pretty much the best team in the East right now. Best record in the East. Um, the perimeter shooting is incredible. The, they're playing defense to one of the best teams, not the best defensive team in the league. They're challenging everything that people are taking to the basket. Um, Jason Kidd changed the, you know, the chemistry and the culture of the team. Tyson Chandler looks focused. We're going to get Amari Stoudemire back, who's probably going to come off the bench and do great. Uh, Amon Shumpert's getting better. He's a great perimeter defender. I mean, the New York Knicks right now are in the driver's seat, man. And this is getting scary for me because what's going to happen is if they get there and all of a sudden, you know, the heat turn it up and it goes deep in the game. I don't know if my heart can handle it. But um, the New York Knicks are back relevant and I'm super excited about it. So that's all I got to say. I'm going to keep my head down and hope for the best. Um, those Magic Johnson comments, though, when he said that, like, when he said, I think they, because Magic Johnson's right a lot and he knows his shit. Uh, another prediction I made, which I have to say, dude, I called it. I said that uh, Peyton Manning would probably win 10 games. Peyton Manning and the uh, Denver Broncos are 10-3. and three. They're flying right now. Um, as far as football goes, you know, we'll see what happens with the Giants and the Saints. This RG3 guy, man, he's... I don't know. He's basically what everybody thought Mike Vick could turn into. And Mike Vick started to like scratch the surface of this right before he went into jail. And then he got out of jail and he just went back to his old ways and started getting hit. But if you remember, right before Mike Vick went to jail, and I know I probably lost a ton of female listeners right now. Or, you know, <laughs> a lot of people are like, wow, he really went into sports mode. But I feel that when, I don't know, like I feel like, Right before Mike Vick went to jail, I remember Steve Young saying, man, he's staying in the pocket, he's throwing great, he runs when he needs to, this is like the new era quarterback, this is going to be something we've never seen, and then all of that dogfighting shit happened, and then he ended up going to jail. I think Robert Griffin III is at that point right now. If Robert Griffin III can really understand that he can, has to stop getting hit, and, and know it early in his career to preserve his head and his body and just get out of bounds and take the loss. If he can do that and learn how to be a pocket passer first and then still have the ability with his legs, I, I'm going to really be hating the, the fact that this guy's in the Giants division, NFC East, for the next fucking 15 years. It's going to suck 10 years because this guy's awesome. He's awesome. I mean, he's, he's accurate as can be. He can run. He's fast as shit. It sucks to face this guy twice a year. He is awesome. So hopefully the Giants could like sneak past him this year. Maybe make another run at it. That would be awesome. But I, I mean, look, this kid's young. This is the future. So we'll see what happens. So um, that's pretty much it for sports. That's all I got for sports right now. Uh, we're about we're a little over an hour in. I will do the uh, plugs now for the week, and um, and then I will. Uh, be on my way so plugs for the week oh and i have a i will be okay uh, december 11th which is uh, next tuesday i'm doing a benefit for uh, sandy relief 
Uh, it's called Restore the Jersey Shore. That will be in New Brunswick, New Jersey at the Stress Factory. It's a great lineup. Myself, Adrian Appalucci, Bonnie McFarlane, uh, hosted by Ken Krantz. Uh, I think some other comedians are coming in, uh, maybe even some other big names. I don't know, but it's, it should be a great night, and they're really doing a lot of promotions for it, so they're going to be donating stuff. So check that out. Uh, also, I got some shows, local shows at Stand Up New York in New York City and uh, The Stand. Uh, you could check that on the website. December 18th, I will be at uh, Gotham Comedy Club. And um, for New Year's Eve, I will be with John Heffron, New Year's Eve. Um, I believe it starts Thursday the 28th through New Year's Eve. So it should be a great, great weekend and then a great way to end the week, bringing in the new year at a great club, um, which is local and it's one of the top clubs in the country. So uh, that's where I will be on New Year's Eve. I'm excited about it. It should be a great time and um, it's going to be a blast. So come out. And, um, and, and and come to a show. And again, if you download the app and, um, you know, the best way to do it is if you, you know, if you want to come see a free show, the best way to do it is to uh, send me an audio right on that free app. That's all you got to do. Go to the free app, Butterfly Radio, click on the Verzi effect, send me a message, and if it'll go right up onto the site and I'll see it. And then whatever your thing is, come to a show, you get in for free. That's what I will do. Um, it's that simple. So thank you guys for listening. That's the show. Uh, I will be also on uh, Robert Kelly's podcast, uh, You Know What, Dude, on um, on Monday. And then, you know, that'll be posted. So I will post that up on Twitter and on Facebook and all that. So you could check me out on um, on that as well. So that's it. Please let me know about any fights, anything that we talked about. Get at me. And until episode number 90. And again, I am working on... Um, I am working on, uh, what's it called? I'm working on getting some guests on here. And I'm going to have uh, some people I've talked to, um, you know, some guys. And it's like I said, it's just um, a scheduling thing. So I will let you know, but I'm, I'm trying to get some, some uh, you know, just some comedians that, I you know, I admire and that, you know, I'd love to have on the show and shoot the shit and all that. I'm going to be doing uh, some live podcasts, too, from the stand. So I'll announce that. So if you're in the New York area, you could actually, you know, just come into the club, sit down, grab a beer. We'll be uh, on stage and we'll be doing a live podcast with the mics and the people. It'll be a great time. All right. And again, um, I will post up when I am on the uh, YKWD. You know what, dude, podcast with... uh, Robert Kelly and those guys. All right, that's the show. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this one. I know it was a lot uh, a lot of time, clearing an hour every time for you bastards. What are you going to do for me, huh? Send me a check. P.O. Box. No, take care, everybody. I'll see you for episode uh, number 90.